Hey, what's going on? It's scriptwriter Steve. Today is Monday, January 4th, 2021. Wow, I almost said 2020. I wonder if I saw said 2020 on my last podcast. Oh boy, getting little Joe Biden there, ain't I? Okay, <laughs> so anyway, today's Monday, January 4th, 2021. And uh, this is scriptwriter Steve of Barbecue 2 Movies, where we talk everything from barbecue to movies. And lately it's been about politics, because that's one what's everyone's mind. And we're not going to run away from topics, not going to be a wimp going to actually address everything that's out there, and we're not going to let people censor us, because that's what they're doing over there on Facebook. Okay, so uh, I'm going to get into all of this. I want to talk about barbecue first, though, because I did barbecue this weekend, and um, it turned out kind of okay. Uh, not the best, uh, but not the most destructive thing I did <laughs> with, the, with the fire. So uh, we'll get straight into that right after I get back from these messages. Bye. All right, I am back. So why don't we start talking about barbecue? This weekend, I decided to barbecue two chickens. Um, one, which my mom had actually marinated. I'm not sure what she put on there. I think she put some type of soy sauce and some brown sugar. And then I just decided to um, see how it would taste if I just injected it with butter, put a little kosher salt on top of there, and then um, added some paprika and onion, granulated onion powder, and that was it. Um, I just wanted to see how much smoke I could get into there, and I didn't put any barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce on there at all either. So I actually cooked this fire, and and I cook in an offset, an offset smoker. So uh, basically, what that is for those of you you who don't know about anything about barbecuing, is that on one side of this. Um, very cylindrical type of barbecue, you have a firebox and you cook with indirect heat. And some some of these fireboxes are, you have pellets in them for and some of them have coal in them. Now for me, I use completely wood. So I, and I um, basically, one part of the grill is hotter than the other. The one that's part, that that's closer to the firebox, it's hotter. And it, and my, I think my grilling area is about, and this one is about, about uh, three feet, three feet long, and maybe about two feet wide. And then I, on the other side, I have a, smoke, a smokestack. So the heat goes from the firebox through that cylindrical tube there, um, the, the grilling area, and out the smokestack. And the, the thought process with, with a standard offset smoker is that you're supposed to um, hit, your, hit your meat with as much smoke as you can, that velocity, and it creates a little convection in there. And then this this smoke and this heat exits out through the smokestack. And um, it takes about, it, it takes about, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a home cooker, it, it cooks meat faster than if you do it, do it in a professional propane 500-gallon or 250-gallon smoker. It's just because there's more convection happening. And when you use these small smokers, um, you can actually have really beautiful, really thick um Thick smoke rings, and you can push a lot of smoke into there more than, more actually than a professional smoker because the smoke is just moving at such a high velocity in there. So if you know, don't think that if you just buy a a regular smoker out there that that a regular um a regular offset smoker that you're not going to get good quality. In fact, you'll get maybe even better quality than a professional smoker because that convection is just so strong in there. So um, anyway, uh, I cooked this uh, chicken here. And uh, I, I cooked mine on um, 
on, on a stand. And then my mother's when I cooked in a tinfoil pan that I just kind of like um, laid down. And I just wanted to see how that would also affect um, everything else. I cooked everything at around 300, 325 degrees to 350 degrees hot. That's pretty hot, by the way, for an offset smoker. Uh, usually, you want to be at 250, 275. That's where you get a really good temperature on, on most smokers. If you want to go low and slow, 225 is good. But on these type of smokers, these backyard smokers, it's better to go a little bit on the high side. I usually aim between 250 and 275. And I do that purely because I want the smoke to be a lot cleaner. Um, the minute you start going to, um, to 225, you run the risk of a smoldering fire. And that smoldering smoke can be very bitter and taste like gasoline. And it gets into your meat there and it just doesn't taste good. So what you want to do again is have a high... And if you have a high fire, that's also okay too. The main thing is that you actually want to maintain that fire you know, to be a little bit, little bit more on the stable side. So anyway, I, I cooked... I cooked my meat there. For, I cooked the chickens uh, for about, I think, about a couple hours until um, till it was about 155, 155, 158 degrees um, to internal temperature. The safe temperature to pull off, um, I guess, safe temperature to eat chicken is 165. Uh, but I find that if you pull off your chicken at 165, it will cook to about... 170 and then you have an overcooked chicken a very dry chicken so if you if you actually pull it off at around 155 it'll cook to 165 so i put it off at around 155 um and oh before i did that i did baste um each chicken uh with butter every about 30 minutes or an hour because one thing is interesting when you cook chicken it um when you cook chicken or any type of bird um the smoke the smoke turns your, your skin kind of leathery. So it's not the best, you know, when you have leathery skin. So make sure you kind of uh, butter it up there. Uh, some people actually use um, a butter spray, uh, the, non, the non-stick butter sprays, and they'll spray their chicken or their turkeys with it, which is, it has the same effect. I've never done it before, but I'm pretty sure it has the same effect because it's 100% real butter. And that also helps crisp up the skin. Now, why are we cooking with such a high temperature? The, the idea is that you want to crisp up the, the skin. Um, now, <laughs> my experience cooking bird, eh, I'm much better at cooking beef and pork. Um, I don't really cook bird you know, that often. You know, I've cooked a turkey a couple of times. Still learning, still trying to perfect my, my, um, my skill on that. Um, I, cooked the, I cooked the chicken. I cooked chicken quarters, but I never cooked the whole chicken before. And, and the ch- chicken quarters came out great, but I've never cooked it non-bar like non-barbecue style. So, so we're talking non- not southern barbecue style, where you put on the barbecue sauce and everything like that. So, so this right here, um, we ended up cooking it, taking it out one fifty-five, and uh, you know the the meat. It didn't. It didn't. It wasn't very flavorful at the end. Um, I'm thinking, and I, I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent fail. It had a good smoke, it had a good smoke ring in there, surprisingly. And, uh, with mine, with, uh, with my, with my, uh, chicken, which was just again, injected with butter, uh, salt on the outside and onion powder and paprika and paprika has no flavor, by the way, I just used it for color. Um, that skin, because it was standing up in the smoker on, on the rack, it did have a little bit better crisp to their skin, 
Uh, my mom's one, who was down in the, down in the pen, where the it was kind of protected by the heat. That skin didn't crisp up as much, but it was still bite through. It wasn't leathery, which was great. Um, both chickens, the flavor was very mild. Um, so I guess the salt, we let these things marinate overnight, um, but it really didn't have much uh, flavor. Now in the wings, wow, the flavor in mine, the wings were just great. So I do know that it, it does taste really good when the flavor penetrates, when it goes through. Um, as far as moistness, both of them are very good. Um, I think my mom's, one, my mom's was a little bit more dry than than mine because hers was closer to the firebox and i think it i wasn't cooking with any water pan in there by the way uh water pans you, you put the water pans in there to to make the air a lot more moist uh you don't want to do that with bird from what i've learned because then it makes your your skin on your chicken or your turkey very leathery you want high temperature you want to you want to crisp up that skin so it's bite through so um as far as the flavor came out, I would say I would give it a C. I wouldn't give it a failing grade. The next day, though, it tasted really good. Now, barbecue, it, it tends to taste better the next day. It, it, it tends to smell, taste a lot more smokier the next day, um, especially when you're dealing with salmon or pork or anything like that. Even brisket tastes, tastes better the next day because it just can marinate in that, in that smoke. Um, but it, the chicken did taste better the, the next day. Now, I did... Um, Dip my, uh, I had some uh, Bucky's barbecue sauce because I ran out of the homemade barbecue sauce. I didn't, didn't make any yet. I didn't make any recently. Um, but I did dip my chicken into the Bucky's barbecue sauce. And with my salt and uh, salt, onion powder, paprika, and that smoke flavor, that thing tastes pretty darn good. So, you know, again, you know, and I found out. I guess uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that sweetness or that tanginess, it really brings out um, the barbecue smoke flavor. It actually made it, it amplified it, you know, you know, quite significantly where I said, wow, this is really smoky. And this is a, on a piece of meat that I really couldn't, it wasn't as smoky as I thought it would be. But then when I put that barbecue sauce on there, I guess it, it added different dimensions and then my, my, my um, palate could taste the smoke a lot more. Isn't that weird? So you can taste the smoke a lot more if you use barbecue sauce, and it's a little more tangy and sugary. So I guess that's why a lot of competition of people out there, they use, you know, they want a little sweet, a little tangy, a little spice. I don't like the spice, by the way. I don't like putting, you know, peppers into there. But, um, yeah, it came out pretty good. And uh, I think um, we'll have to do this again. It wasn't a total fail. Uh, but I have two birds in there that I have to eat. <laughs> we are going to um, make juk with them after the carcasses. Uh, juk is a, a Chinese rice soup, which is really good. So we're, I cut all the, the, the meat off of those and just use the leftover meat and the, and the, the carcass. We're going to put that into um, some soup. And it's smoked, right? So it's going to be a smoked juk, which is going to be pretty darn good. Um, but um, this is my latest adventure into trying to barbecue bird. <laughs> I have to say, you know, thank God, you know, when I was going to open my barbecue shop, which I still plan to once this whole COVID thing you know, blows over, I was not going to, I'm not going to serve, you know, whole barbecue chicken. The barbecue quarters, though, I got down pretty good. Um, but the whole barbecue chicken, uh, the whole chicken, like how they do the, on, um, at Costco, that rotisserie thing, not going to do it that way. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, and then I'm not going to do a turkey at all either. Um, I, I just, 
And uh, maybe I'll smoke a turkey breast, which is a lot easier than smoking a whole turkey. Uh, maybe I'll even smoke, a, smoke the drumsticks because that's way easier than smoking a whole turkey. Um, you can get pretty good, you know, I think it's really, really quite easy to get, to make um, good smoked turkey legs. Uh, I think I could do that pretty well. But as far as uh, doing a whole, whole turkey or a whole chicken, uh, I don't know. I've, I have to kind of think about that. I do think I have to brine it, though. Maybe put it in there for a couple hours in a brine, and then it'll come out a lot better. That's what I think. Now, do I think it's worth it to... You know, you know, cook a fire and then you make a fire and, you know, cook these turkeys that way. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm just maybe happy like cooking it in, a, in an oven. It'll be okay. You know, it's a lot to, you know, to, to take out the smoker and then to cook it. And you're only cooking for maybe about, I think about two hours, right? You're not, so it's not like you're cooking a brisket where it's in there for eight, eight to 12 hours or, or even a, or even a piece of, you know, pulled pork or, uh, or ribs, which like you can take anywhere between five to eight hours. Um, this is like you know chicken. You don't want to. You're not going to cook overcook it. Oh, by the way, I did cook a. I did end up cooking a thick steak on there as well. Um, that was the day before. I said I'm just going to throw it you know, because the barbecue's out there already, and you know clean the grill. I'm just going to throw throw a steak on there, real thick steak. We're talking about maybe two-inch steak, threw it on the hot side of the grill, meaning that the part that is closest to the firebox, cooked it till it was about 115 degrees. I used a pretty cheap piece of meat from Costco, um, choice meat, that <laughs> was not very impressive because we actually made a prime rib. Um, we made a prime rib for Christmas. I mean, we cut this, uh, we cut this part off to eat later on. And... Um, it, you know, the, the quality of the meat was not very good. It was very chalky. Uh, it was not very good at all. But I tell you what, um, I just put um, salt and pepper on the outside, and that darn thing tastes good. <laughs> it was good. I think if I just have a better piece of meat with more fat on it, because the part that tastes better was the part with the fat on it, the part that crystallized, and for some reason, fat and smoke, it goes well together. So if you have a fat piece of meat that has a nice marbling, oh, you got to smoke that baby. And um, I cooked it, again, I think I cooked it for maybe, I cooked it at, I think I think about at 325 or 275 around there. Um, I wish I would have cooked it at a higher higher rate though. I wish I, I, wish I would have cooked it at 350 or even 400 because I really wanted a nice uh, crisp bark around there. What I ended up having to do is actually ended up, you know, putting a grill on my firebox and just browning it on there after I got my smoke. Um, I would rather just try cook it all in the firebox if I, I mean, all in the, in the smoker if I could. And I could accomplish that if I just up my fire temperature. But um, I was way too lazy to like get out the axe and chop up the wood more. Um, to get up the temperature, by the way, in a firebox, it's not a matter of just throwing in more wood. You have to throw in smaller pieces of wood. So you have to get your splitter or your axe, and you got to split that wood into smaller pieces so it'll burn hotter and faster. Okay, so uh, that's about it for the barbecue segment. Uh, I am going to take a break right now. Then we can start talking about politics and all that good stuff. All right, um, that's it. Hopefully you keep hanging around because we got some pretty interesting things to talk about for politics Nancy Pelosi's house got vandalized. Mitch McConnell's house got vandalized. Um, 
Nancy Pelosi blames white nationalists. I don't know how she knows they're white nationalists. Because they're white? Because they're, um, <laughs> because they vandalized her? They have to be white nationalists? I don't understand. I really, really don't, people. Okay, so um, hang around. Promise it will be interesting. And uh, we got the barbecue segment out of here. We're going to go into politics right now. But I got to do it right after these messages. All right, everyone, I am back, and uh, well, we got the barbecue talk out of the way, and why don't we jump straight into politics, because uh, it's getting a little, getting really ugly. I think if I say a little ugly out there, I'll be understating it. It's getting really ugly out there. I just um, saw saw this pop up on my phone, and um, well, Even though it may seem like I was away for maybe about five seconds from you, I was away for maybe about you know, a pretty long time. I would say about close to a couple hours. And um, this article popped up on the Washington Post on my phone. And, it, and it's out there saying that Trump said, I just want to find 11,780 votes. In an extraordinary hour-long call, Trump pressures the Georgia Secretary of State, to recalculate the vote in his favor. And that title, that I guess that has been, um, then I started seeing this article shared on Facebook, left and right by almost every single Trump hater out there. And they're, of course, they didn't read the whole article and they didn't actually listen to the full, the full audio in context where, you know, Trump did say that. But that's not all what he said. Um, the clip that the, the Washington Post did post on there was edited down. And, of course, it was taken out of context. And what Trump did say is that, I just want to find 11,780 votes. And he says, well, we got a lot more out there, but I just need you folks to, you know, do your job and we'll win this because we have a lot more, you know, votes out there for us that were stolen. That's it in context. But they just took that little excerpt to make him sound as though he's some type of criminal mastermind trying to steal the election from Joe Biden. And, um, you know, I find that rather strange. I mean, they know what Trump said, right? And they're manipulating everything. And again, (laughs) they're taking things out of context. This article was allowed to be shared on Facebook, and it wasn't fact-checked at all by, you know their lead stories, uh, fact checker lead stories is the people who are, uh, they're owned by TikTok and their own, and TikTok is owned by the Chinese still. Eventually they'll be, oh, I think they will be owned by Walmart, but I don't think that deal went through yet. But, um, yep, that, that's, that's what they're trying to push out there. And apparently, um, Hawaii news now, our local media here also shared that article. Um, <laughs> and they made a, I don't know. I'm not sure how you can write an, I guess, an entire headline or entire. I'm not sure how you can write an entire story based on a headline without, I guess, exercising a little more, you know, investigation into this. Because um, here's the thing. Well, first of all, this is a private phone call um, between Trump and um, you know the Georgia State Secretary and a handful of other people there, and it was leaked. Now, this is, this is a private phone call that was leaked. The question is, first of all, is who leaked it? Um, and why did they leak it? Someone's paid off there. Someone's getting money to leak this right here. And, you know, secondly, why did the Washington Post have to edit it down? And then they provided all of these excerpts, but the way they edited the audio, 
it sounded as though Trump was just this, you know, kind of like a, I guess they were trying to like um, make Trump sound like a madman. Um, but even then, you know, I mean, for the Trump hater, he'll, he'll all, Trump will always sound like a madman out there. Um, people who just don't understand him or just people who hate him for no reason. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. People who hate him for a reason, which is made up in their mind. It's called paranoia. And, um, and it's true. They're paranoid. Okay. Let's just, just get that straight out of the, out of the box here. They're not thinking right, even though they may be intelligent people. They may be lawyers, doctors, and even other politicians and smart professors. They're not thinking right. They're thinking purely on emotion. And uh, everything they hate about Trump, this character of Trump, is everything Joe Biden is. So, uh, let's get that straight. But, um, yeah, they, they, again, they edited everything out, out of these little excerpts. I didn't think that, you know, Trump sounded bad at all. And the good thing about the Washington Post is that they put the entire hour, I think a little over an hour-long conversation online, and he sounded just fine. I mean, he, he sounded like a very passionate person saying, we got this, we got that. And here you are, you have these Georgia, sec- you know, these Republican Georgians, um, Secretary of State out there saying, well, we have different information than you. And that's fine. If you have different information than you, then that's fine. Why don't we present both in court and why don't we hash out both and see which forensic evidence is real? Which evidence is real? I mean, wh- can we explain all of these voter dumps, why dead people are voting and everything like that? And there's a lot of dead people who are voting. And there's a lot of people who showed up who wanted to vote. Um, who didn't get the opportunity to vote because someone voted for them absentee. And I keep telling, now, in my earlier podcast, when I, you know, I started this podcast right when the election was starting to get, um, when the election was over, November 3rd, I think it started November 4th or something like that. And I told a story, and I'll tell you a story again, because a lot of people didn't hear it. But, um, you know, my my grandmother's caretaker, um, they're big time Trump supporters, and her daughter's never had voted in an election in an election before wanted to vote and they're in California so they go down to the voting precinct to vote and they're turned away right there saying that they actually voted already and they're and they're saying no we didn't vote yet we did not vote yet and um, they made a big spectacle they were, they were escorted out by cops and and I couldn't just believe that I mean here it is if voter if voter fraud isn't happening what's how did someone vote on behalf of them? And these people are Samoans and, you know, they're minorities and they're getting their vote taken away. And again, a lot of people are, are, are signing affidavits that this happened to them. And a lot of people who are anti-Trumpers are saying, well, yeah, it happened, but it doesn't happen in, it doesn't happen in, um, it's not widespread. Well, if it's not widespread, why do we know people where it, where it happened to? You know, but why is it happening? I have friends who have gotten multiple mail-in ballots. Here in Hawaii, I have a friend who got two. Um, I got <laughs> one of my other friends over over who is actually deployed right now. He, he's gotten three. So, you know, again, if your name is just on a register, in fact, my neighbor, um, his son actually got, got one, and he lives in New York City. So he got a mail-in absentee ballot in New York City, and he got one here in Hawaii. Um, and everyone has a story of saying, hey, we've got the mail-in ballots. Um, and, oh, yeah, by the way, I also have a friend. Um, whose friend, a friend who, who has a friend who is an um, immigrant who actually got a mail-in ballot to vote. So these, these mail-in ballots are, they're not exactly secure. And if Joe Biden did win this in this way, you know, we have to make sure it's right. 
And if we just take a look at the numbers, you know, I did a podcast on the numbers before, the numbers, the math, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up that in Georgia, you know, again, you have this this lie that was set, that was um, told that they had to stop counting because of, you know, the, there was a water main break. And when did you ever have to really stop doing anything because you had a water main break down the street? I mean, trust me on this, right? Like, I mean, there's, there's been water main breaks all around town. I bet, I bet you have a water main break in your area, right? And you don't have to shut down a business to, unless it's really, really bad. Maybe the business in front of there. But not if you just have a main, like a small water main break. I've never heard of that before. The show always goes on. Why do you have to stop counting? And that was what was told to us on the news everywhere. And then we see they even told the, the, the people there at the voting precinct, hey, we have to shut this down because there's water main break, right? And we, and we saw them go out there and tell them that. And then they, everyone exits. And the four people there, they still they, they still remain the vote the um the people who are, who are who are counting scanning the votes, and they pull those suitcases, and apparently they they said they're special suitcases, they're so special that they can't produce them again, but they're suitcases not, um, filled with ballots that they just zipped up and opened up, and they were, and they just started putting all those votes in there in there scanning it all in. Um, if you zoom in on one of them, and um, some very smart YouTubers did this, you see one person <laughs> rescanning votes in there a couple of times, more than a couple of times. That doesn't that doesn't seem right, does it? And why don't we get those people and interview those people and ask what the hell happened? Why don't we um, get those people who were the observers who were kicked out? Why don't we ask them what the hell happened? You know, they gave sworn testimony. Oh, they, they signed an affidavit, you know, so if they lie, they can go to jail. Those other people who are saying nothing happened didn't sign an affidavit, and they won't. So they'll testify, not under oath, but the people who actually will testify under oath say there's like some, some strange shenanigans going on. Why won't those other guys sign, sign a, um, an affidavit? Kind of strange, right? Anyway... This entire article, it just got me a little triggered here because it's just so frustrating. <laughs> I mean, it is just, again, the media won't stop again uh, taking things out of context to ruin this good man's reputation. And we all know President Trump is a good man. And I don't need, you know, all this slander right here is just all smoke and mirrors because they just don't want him to be in power. They think President Trump is some type of idiot, some type of wacko, um, some type of person who's mentally ill, mentally unstable, and cannot lead. And that he got his wealth from, like, from a gift from his father, and he didn't earn anything. He wasn't skilled. He's not smart enough. And, you know, I remember I had a I had a friend who told me straight to my face, and and he just um, you know, gradu- he just graduated college. And I think he went to business school. He's a former friend, by the way, because he can't stand me anymore. You know, again, this is what liberals do. They get rid of friends they, they, they disassociate, I mean, dis- they disagree with. They get rid of you because they can't stand logic. So he goes in there into college, and he, and he asked me, and he becomes real smart. He comes out, he wants to be a businessman, so he starts asking me questions. And he said, Steve, you don't think, don't you think you're, you're way smarter than Donald Trump? And I say, heck No. I have no idea how to build like a building or develop in New York. I said, you know how hard it is to just pour concrete in New York? You have to get all of the regulations closed down streets. You have to get the union involved and and the right people involved just to pour concrete in New York City. 
And he says, well, that should be easy. You can figure it out. I says, maybe I could, but I don't know how. Do you know how? And he goes, well, I think I'm way smarter than Donald Trump. I said, that's fine if you think, but do you know how to do that? He goes, well, I don't know how to do that. Do you know how to operate a winery? No, I don't know. Do you know how to, do you know how to produce a reality TV show? Oh, no, no, but I'm not a reality TV star. I'm not like another Kardashian. And I said, do you think... The, the 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 show with the apprentice is the same as the as the Kardashians and he goes, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Again, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to debate, right? Again, the Democrats, they don't want to debate. They'll just say they'll just say, Oh, the debate is over. You know, I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about it. You're just stupid. You're just neurotic. No. You know, when they get challenged, they they get because their argument is so thin. It's a surface argument. And they know if they, you dig deeper underneath that surface, it just falls all apart. So if we go into this, this, this whole election fraud thing and we say, hey, how did Joe Biden's, you know, the votes go up there and everything like that? How did he get that jump, that line that goes straight up and down that we've never seen before? They say, oh, don't look at it. The debate is over. The vote is in. It's like global warming. The science is in. Oh, the debate never happened. The debate is over. It never happened. They don't want to debate because if you debate it, they lose. That's why they don't want to go to court. Oh, this evidence doesn't exist. Well, why can't we talk about it? Hey, in, 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 other, in other ways of court, we've sentenced people to murder on one signed affidavit. One witness. You can sentence someone to death. One. We have thousands. We have tens of thousands of affidavits everywhere. And not one court not wants to hear it. But And that's why so many people, so many people are just upset. They're pissed. And they should be pissed because Donald Trump and a lot of Americans are not getting their due process. You, you, you are entitled. And if, I don't, if you are a lawyer right now, you're entitled to, and you know that your client is always entitled to due process. You just want your day in court. Now, sometimes you, you try to get people out of the court because, you know, if you, have, if you have your due process, you'll be guilty, right? So, but in that case, you know, and, that, and that's what it is, right? The, the Democrats say, oh, no, no, we don't have your due process because we'll be guilty of fraud in a way. And, and here, here's the other thing, too. You know, you throw out all the statistics. You, you throw, I don't care about this whole voter fraud thing. You know, I like to go things more on just behavior. And you're just going hunches, going instinct, go on, you know, trusting the eye, because a lot of times analytics can tell a different story, even though analytics in this way tells them, tells a very, very detailed story. But if we just go into analytics and personal behavior, you know, here's a, here's a very interesting thing that I always found out that I always observed when Joe Biden won the, when he became the vice president of the United States, he cried. He was so emotional. He, he couldn't keep it together because he worked this hard. And he said that it, this, you know, he worked his entire life and to reach this monument, because he ran for president a handful of times. And he was just, this was the pinnacle of his career. And he really couldn't keep it together. Now it comes out that, oh, okay, you know, he wins so-called the presidency. Not one tear. Not one tear at all. Because he knows it's fake. And he should be crying because he worked his entire life. You know, here's the other thing too. Obama, he was so pissed off to learn that Trump got 74 million votes. He said, that's impossible. He was in Time Magazine saying, that's impossible. That can't happen. I had 60 something million. He had 74. No way. And then he's ignoring the fact that Joe Biden had 80, 81 million votes. He's more animate and saying that Trump got 74. 
Well, if Trump, you know, if Trump got 74, why is he so mad that Trump got 74? His, his vice president got more. And he's not even saying he's happy for that. He's not saying, oh, I'm happy Joe Biden got 81. I can't believe he got 81. No. He's more pissed that Trump got 74 million. And here's the other thing. 84 million votes. 84 million votes, right? 81 million votes. I'm sorry. 81 million. 81 million votes, and he didn't even campaign in other areas. This is a whole new type of way to get 81 million. The most votes of any president in history didn't campaign at all. Didn't leave his basement. He had 11 people at one time showing up to one of his rallies in the name of COVID. They said, oh, it's because of COVID. Okay, fine. You watched the rally online. About 100 people, 1,000 people watch it online. And then on Trump, there's so many people watching online. There's other like Trump channels, like, like actual channels that have popped up on YouTube that are dedicated to covering Trump. You don't have that on Biden's side. And whenever right now Joe Biden gives a speech and puts it out there, he's out there announcing his inauguration, all his cabinet members and everything. And it gets, what, 100 or 1,000 votes? You know, a, a regular YouTuber gets way more than that. And Trump goes out there and says something, and he gets 100,000, million, a million views. Does that make any sense? Where are all those 80 million loyalists? Because Democrats, by the way, are freaking loyalists. Now, why don't we take this? Now, remember I told you about the Democratic personality. They are loyalists to the, you know, as much, it's a flaw. That's why they all sound the same. That's why they all talk the same. They all use the same talking points. They are blind loyalists and they want you to fall in line. You know, obey. Listen, listen to us. The debate is over. Fall in, fall in line. Be a good foot soldier because that's who you are. Listen and obey. That's all they want you to be. So when Joe Biden says, hey, vote for me and vote down ticket, you bet that all these Democrats, you name me one Democrat who didn't vote for Joe Biden and the senator and the House of Reps and everyone down there from governor, local, and everything voted down, down ticket, right? But for some reason, Joe Biden got way more votes, tens of thousands of more votes, millions of more votes, just who voted for president. That doesn't match their loyalist behavior, that you just get mail-in ballots just voting for president, no senator, no Democrat, no what do you call local issues, nothing, not nothing at all. And I tell you what, Democrats without local issues, though, though they love to push their local agenda. It doesn't make any sense through a personality behavior, um, you know, I guess, um, observation. It doesn't make, you, you have Republican friends, we all vote red down the ticket. So wh why would we ever vote Trump and then not vote anyone else, right? So we're supposed to believe that on Trump's side, all because remember, the re Republicans had a red wave. There's no blue wave. All of these Democrats think they thought there was a blue wave. No, they lost every seat in the House. Every single seat. The Republicans only lost one seat in the Senate, and and that was in a very contested area over there in over there in Arizona, where that astronaut, that former astronaut guy, won. And even then, that should be contested. But again, that's the only senator that we actually got lost that seat, and she should run again. And I bet she'll win. But again, we gained seats that we were supposed to statistically lost lose. And we won them by a mile. So you're telling me in these counties that that the down ticket that that Trump that that the, these um, Republicans won, 
Biden won those those tickets. Were so the down ticket voted Republican, and the up ticket they went to Biden. No, it doesn't work that way. If Biden would have won the up ticket, then you would have had a Democratic rep- a representative from that that district. It's really as simple as that. Here in Hawaii, it's loyalist to all blue. We're all blue, so it went to it went to it always goes to. Joe Biden, and then we have all Democratic senators, and we have all Democratic representatives. We know it. That's the way it always goes. In California, it goes that way. And everywhere else, it goes that way. But for some reason, these areas that counted, Joe Biden won, and, and the Republicans who, who ran on the coattails of Donald Trump, remember all of these re- representatives and senators, they showed up at the MAGA rallies, and they just showed up to wave high. So you're telling me all those people who just waved high, they said, oh, yeah, we like those guys, and, Af- and, we're- and we hate Trump, so we're not going to vote for Trump. Really? You know? Those guys, heart- all they did is wave high. And people stood in line. They didn't stand in line, freezing their butts off or risking their life for COVID. That's what, according to the Democrats, risking their lives to actually vote for, not to not vote for Donald Trump. Does that make any sense? Not at all. And, he- and here's the last thing, too. If Biden got 81 million votes, the most ever in American history, why is he canceling the inauguration? You know why? Because this is a, and I leaked leaked this a long time ago. It's because they would be, they're scared that nobody's going to show up. Absolutely nobody's going to show up. And they're saying, oh, they're saying that people wouldn't show up because they're scared of COVID. Oh, that's a total BS. You know, Another black guy gets killed by a cop and Black Lives Matter, you know, you know, um, you know, says that's racism. You'll see liberals lining the streets, Black Lives Matter and marching hand in hand and protesting. And you'll get 100,000 people out there on the streets. And especially if it is what you call racism and everything like that, it should be. Everything, everyone should be. So if, again, if there's a cause, people will march for it. If people support it, people will go. No one is going to go for the 81 million. And that they're using COVID, again, to cover this whole mirage. And they're rushing, appointing people. You know, and they made up an office, the office of President-elect Biden. That office doesn't matter. There's no such thing as office over there. Did you see Trump do that? Did you see any president ever do that? None. It's, it's nothing whatsoever. Okay. So anyway... All of this off that one article. <laughs> Going off on a tangent. That just triggered me. I'm sorry. You know, my brain is barbecued from it, right? Is your brain barbecued? Man, I, I just can't believe that. So moving on. Moving on. So I'm getting all these emails from my friends here. And they're sending me these emails about, like, um, these conspiracy theories that Vice, that um, that Mike Pence is... In it with uh, Rhino, Rhino is Republican in name only, and uh, to basically overthrow the president. He's in on it. And that's why he won't, you know, go out there and decertify the election and everything like that. Well, I'm really not sure about it, but then I'm, you know, there was a chain email that was given to me, and uh, and it looked pretty, it looked pretty bad, you know, out there. It was, it was created from a webmaster, and I think they were creating a website for uh, Mike Pence, Paul Ryan... I guess president and vice presidential ticket, and this uh, this this chain email was, um, I guess uh, I guess uh, created during 
um, in 2015 or 2016 when President Trump was just was running for president president at that time. I think he was just the um, he was going to get the Republican nomination or was on the verge of doing it. And um, there's a lot of Republicans back then who actually hated you know Donald Trump. A lot of them did not think he was going to be a lot of again you know re- Republicans Democrats, especially if you're you're in there for a long time, they're kind of the same thing. And it's very easy to get to buy into the narrative that hey Donald Trump was in it just to you know um, promote his brand. And especially if you're not a smart guy, and I can tell you what, the majority of these politicians are not smart guys. I don't care about the, the party. They're not smart people. I've met both of them. They're not smart. They care so much about voting. They care so much about getting reelected because it's a nice meal ticket for them. And all they have to do is show up and vote. And a lot, half the time, they don't, they don't even do that. And you, and you try to get one of them to do something for you, like say, hey, work on this bike path. Hey, can we get these um, federal bike paths worked on? And you, and you um, call up their office, and you don't hear nothing. Bike path has potholes in there, everything in there. So, you know, it, it's bad. It's really bad. Because all they care about is on themselves. And, but, you know, here, here this, this, this uh, email chain, um, there, you know, Mike Pence was copied on it, and Paul Ryan was copied on it, and they're talking about creating a website and all these different things, and a lot of ton of different conspiracy theories are out there about assassination attempts and Mike Pence being in on it and Paul Ryan. It goes way off the deep end. And, you know, to me, now, it may be true, it may not be true, but right now there's so little evidence. And I looked in there and said, man, people are just painting, they are really just painting their own conspiracy theory here. And, and this is where Republicans, you know, they get the reputation of going, you know, basically, you know, bat-s crazy. I'm not going to swear on here. Uh, but, this is where they get the reputation of going crazy. And, and, you know, part of it could be true and part of it could not be true. And we just have to examine the evidence. But people, you know, we, I, I have to encourage my Republican friends to just be very careful. You know, there's a lot of these, um, a lot of these uh, very talented storytellers out there who, you know, who don't have to, and I say they're very talented because they make up lies or they make up conspiracy theories and it doesn't seem like there's any type of logical loopholes or plot holes in them because you're not looking for them. You know, you, you're, you're actually, you know, part of the problem sometimes. I hate to say that. And you're paranoid. You, you think that there's a greater evil. There's a greater evil that they're covering up and, you know, there's like pedophile rings and everything like that. And you know what? Here's the thing. It could be true. It really, really could be true. There, you know, but between every conspiracy theory, there's a hint of like usually the truth. And it may be all true, but before you jump to that, you know, before you jump off that bridge of the, you know, going into a deep conspiracy theory, really slow down, you know, balance your emotions and be your, your, your best critic. You know, it's like when I write a, a story, a fictional story. And again, I write these fictional stories are hundred percent false, but then people, they read it and they start believing it, that it's true. You can't believe, like, you know, you know, you write these things and people actually believe that. Oh, yeah, it, it, it got to be true. No, it's 100% BS. But then because you write the story and it's like you cover every plot hole and logical loophole, it seems true. And that's why you have things like the Da Vinci Code was, well, was way more respected than the Bible at one time. People were saying, well, they believe in the Da Vinci Code um, book more than they believe in the Bible. It's because the Da Vinci Code is written and it, and it had all these crazy theories out there, but the, the author 
covered himself. He mixed real history with with um, fantasy and everything, and and he did everything very well. But it's all BS. Hundred percent of it's all BS. Just a very talented fictional writer, and a lot of these conspiracy theories, that's where they they're hatched from. So you got to be very careful. Don't go down that deep end unless you're hundred percent sure, and still yet be a skeptic. Because if you're if you're not a skeptic. You're going to dedicate a good portion of your life believing a lie. And that's the worst thing you could ever do. You know, you want to go on like the Democrats. And Democrats go down the same hole. Except here's the difference. Like I told you, the difference between a conspiracy theory and a lie. They just believe lies. They don't need the evidence. See, for Republicans, they like to hear evidence. Now, the evidence could be all of these different, like, fictional lies, like, all we've woven together, you know, which I like to call constellation logic, where you have all these, like, 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 um, pinpoints of, like, evidence, which have nothing, nothing to do with each other. And then you come up with a shape out there in the sky. Just look at, you look in the sky, it's constellation logic. And, you know, and I, that was a frame I, that was a, a term I coined back there when I was writing, because that's what we would do. We would create constellational logic, and you look up in the sky, all these, points they don't they have nothing associated with each other and we're going to create an object in the sky that everybody will see so when you still look at those three dots over there everybody sees orion's belt but they those planets have nothing to do with each other but they'll base theories of of, of human behavior on these things and, and 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 make up all these different like um you know religions based upon those things crazy right that's constellation logic and that's what happens with conspiracy theories sometimes again you got to be real careful about that I'm telling you this as a fictional writer. I'm being very honest. I don't want you to go down that rabbit hole, all right? But anyway, so I'm getting forwarded all these conspiracy theories by my really good friends who are, 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 are very good people, and they're even asking themselves, Steve, is this true? And I, looked, and I take a look at it, and I say, ooh, this, this looks bad. And I, and I actually say, this Mike Pence email thing, ooh, that looks bad. But all of a sudden, I go to the bottom, they're, they're, the, um, the author's saying, they're jumping to, jumping to conclusions saying, well, this just proves Mike Pence is in on, on, a, on an assassination attempt for, on President Trump. Really? <laughs> really? Okay, maybe so. But why don't we do this? Mike Pence is a smart guy. And he's a Christian guy. You think a person who doesn't, you know, who seems like such a model Christian, and maybe he's a fake, would actually, you know, eat, like, like think of an assassination attempt on the president and then note it down and be part of a huge conspiracy theory if he wanted to kill the, the president and then put it in an email chain? Really? That stupid? That evil and that stupid? No. You know, if they're, you know, if, if evil exists on that level and they're intelligent, you're not going to find out about it. That's a scary thing about. So, um, you know, this past week, this past weekend, I finished up, I kind of marathoned this one movie. Um, not a movie, it's a series. Don't worry, I'm going to patch, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how this all kind of like rolls in all together, but it's called, um, what is it called? It's called, um, I think it's called Evil, and it's, it, I think it's called Evil, uh, and it's, it talks about the, the pizza bombing incident over in the early 2000s. Um, early, in the early 2000s, this pizza delivery man, um, he had a, he went to go deliver a pizza and his bomb was strapped to his neck and then he was given instructions um, to rob a bank and if he wasn't going to rob, and then he was on a, going on to, to remove this bomb from his, his, um, his neck, uh, he had to do all, he had to go on a treasure hunt and part of that treasure hunt, treasure hunt was robbing a bank 
getting $250,000 from that bank, which he didn't get, and he would have to go from point A, point B, point, and, all, and all these things, and do it, do it within 55 minutes, else that bomb would go off. The cop stopped him, and uh, the bomb did go off, and it killed him. So this huge investigation ensues. It, um, it takes about you know a long time, about five, four or five years, maybe eight years. I forgot how long it was. But it, but it took a, lot, a while to find the people who were responsible. But they, even then, the FBI couldn't couldn't come to a straight conclusion. Uh, but they did they did come to a conclusion basically who was the mastermind behind of it. It's very crazy, dark intellect, very smart woman. Um, but again, like most intellects, they they throttle, they overthrottle their brain and they become bat s crazy. And that's what exactly happened to this lady and her ex-lover who, um, you know, just went full throttle nuts on this, on this, uh, on this guy here. So uh, very, very evil people. But anyway, the FBI also included um, that the victim was also part of the plan to rob the bank. That's what they concluded it. And the, the author of the film he really didn't believe that. He, just on a hunch, just based on behavior, he, he didn't really agree with the FBI. Now, he had the FBI agents on there and, and he interviewed them. He just didn't really agree, agree with it. And um, so he did more research even after, after the, the person who was convicted of, of the murder and everything like that, she passed away from cancer. He finally got an interview with the, uh, this girl who had at one time dated this um, pizza guy and now this pizza guy um he was he was really sad he's like 43 years old kind of my age worked as a pizza delivery boy and he was just a really nice guy but he would frequent prostitutes and he befriended a prostitute and this prostitute you know she was all into drugs and everything she had connections to the bombers and so the fbi thought well maybe brian was brian who was the pizza guy was in on it well, it comes out to be that he was just really a victim. And she had told the filmmaker, she finally told the filmmaker, well, she was really high one day, she needed drugs, and they asked her, um, do you know anyone who's a pushover that we could strap this bomb to or just, you know, just follow directions? And she submitted his name. And then that's why he became the victim. So unfortunately, her actions, she felt guilty of it. That's what led to his death, ultimately. And... um the FBI would not, you know, change their, change their, um, I guess their, 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 uh, their, I guess their theory that Brian, Brian was actually part of the, the, the pizza bomb, you know, bank heist and everything that he, that he actually, you know, was part, part of the scheme and it just went too far and he got his head blown off. Even though this one woman had basically said to this filmmaker, Hey, you know, finally, I'm going to tell you the truth. Again, the agents didn't want to recant what they said and, and didn't, you know, again, all everyone who was part of it died. So it really didn't matter anyway. But again, now, here's the thing. What, here's how I'm going to wrap, you know, kind of tie this into everything. This filmmaker, he didn't take the FBI's word. He didn't take the media's word. He followed the evidence and he kept fighting and looking for an answer. Now, if he just took the, the FBI's word, the professionals' words, right, the investigators, if he took the media's word, then he then we would have had a much different story. Then we would have thought for the we would have thought that the pizza bomber was actually part of the plot to rob the bank. He wasn't the overall victim. 
But again, this filmmaker, he did his due diligence and he got to the bottom of it. And that's what a lot of us are trying to do. That's what a lot of Republicans are trying to do right now. Get to the bottom of this voter fraud. Get to the bottom of everything. And that's, and here's the thing. Facebook, um, the media, they just want you to listen to them. If you see something different, they'll tag your post and say, you're lying, you're fake, because we said this. And, and get this, lead stories or any of these fact checkers, how they fact check facts, quote unquote facts, is just by doing internet research. <laughs> so they're going to say, you're wrong because this article said it's wrong. You're wrong because, you know, the Washington Post says it wrong. No. They did, you know, if you want to get to the bottom of something, you have to dig. It took years after this, um, after the, mur the, the murderer uh, of this pizza guy died for him to actually get to the bottom of the whole story. It took him that long. I think eight, almost a decade. So how can you fact check something right away? You can't. You really, really, really can't. And you know what? Even, at, even if Trump loses this election... And Joe Biden becomes the president. The investigation will still go on. And people will get to the bottom of it. There's much more to the story. There's so much more to the story. And the media just wants you to, you know, censor yourself. You know, censor yourself. They want to censor you. And, you, and you, they want you to censor yourself. They want you to shut up. Because they want you to stop sharing, quote-unquote, fake news with your friends. News which they said is fake. Right? And that's where it is. Now, where do you where do you find this type of, you know, type of behavior? Well, communist China. And this is where we're li this is what we're living in right now. This is the world that we're living in right now. Just simply, the 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 rules come down from the top, and you have to freaking obey it and don't question it. Oh, the mask work. Now, there's scientific studies that say, well, maybe it doesn't work. Oh, no, it works. It works 100%. And if you wear it outside, you're safe. Well, what about all of this fact? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no you're, you're taking out of context. Really? Well, why, do we, why can't we listen to these scientists? Oh, herd immunity. Oh, that, uh, that, that's also fake. Oh, wait a minute. Fauci comes out and said he was lying. Oh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to brush the fact that he was lying to us. And we, he said on camera that he's lying, by the way. We're going to brush that underneath the carpet. We're just as good as that. We're gonna brush it under the carpet, makes it make it as though as the Fauci never said that, but Fauci is pretty much the god of um the left, which they, you know, again, they don't they don't um they don't worship a Jesus, a lot of them. They say they do, but they don't. They really don't. And I hate to stereotype a lot of people like there, but I tell you what, mo <laughs> a lot of people on the left do not worship Jesus, even though they say they do. It's all an act. Really, really much so. Hey. When Joe Biden says he's been a uh, he's been a Catholic for for so long, and he can't figure out how to say the word Psalms, he says palms. Who the hell says palms? <laughs> I don't go to church every day. I know what Psalms is. I know the Book of Psalms. I know there's no such thing as palmist or palms. I never say palms. You know, turn your Bible to palms. No, what the hell is that? Right? And no one says, "Hey, that's kind of funny." Isn't that weird? He's either mispronouncing it or there's something loose up there. And you know, here's the other thing too. Do I believe that Joe Biden is, has loose screws or a bad stuttering problem? I think it's a little bit of both, you know? Um, but sometimes when people, 
you know, here's the thing with Joe Biden is that he doesn't think before he speaks and his brain doesn't think very quick. So most of the time he's out there saying he's out there putting his mouth in his foot, right? Or his foot in his mouth. It's either way. I think he likes to put his mouth in his foot. <laughs> now, I, I, always, I always like to mix up the words over there because it sounds a lot more gross, right? <laughs> he looks like a toe sucker, doesn't he? You know, but um, I bet he does that to you, suck on his own toes. He just loves that. Anyway, I am actually going to um, end it all here. And uh, I will get back to you tomorrow. We have a lot more to talk about. This election, by the way, is not over. Trump is still your president. And even if he doesn't win, you know, we have, he'll still be around. And he's still going to be out there criticizing whoever is president. It may be Kamala, right? You know, it may be Joe Biden. You know, again, these people who are like know-nothings. What has Joe Biden done for America in the last how many years? Nothing. How about Kamala Harris? Nothing. And they think they can, they can solve everything from the climate you know, social justice warrior stuff, right? What do they call it? Any, any so ju- social justice warrior narrative, they're going to they're gonna solve. They don't know what it is, but when it pops up, they got an answer. And that, that answer is all about taxes and restricting your freedoms. That's all you got, they got to do to solve any so- social justice warrior problem. Including, by the way, Nancy Pelosi put a proposal to um, get rid of those very uh, prejudicial statements like saying father, mother, you know, father and mother, male, female, those horrible statements out there that are just so prejudiced against people who have no idea what they are. No idea. Like we're just, everyone's just going to be a two-spirit, two-spirit transgender out there. Oh. Boy, this is is going to get scary, people. All right, it's 41 minutes. I better go. I can keep going today, but I got to go. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. You have a good day.